What's up, everybody? You have entered into the Shaping Your New Start Education Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Too, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a podcast for everything and anything education. So we want to educate you today. We're talking about building healthy relationships, and I got a special guest here with me in the studio. However, before we go into that, I just want to introduce our sponsor. Our sponsor today is, that's right, Dr. Philip McGuire Wesley II, right? We, I want you to go to the website, uh, www.drphil2.com slash ebook. We want you to go get the ebook today. It is brand new, brand new, brand new off the press. It is a free ebook, everybody. So we want you to go to, and, and we're going to put this in the chat in a little bit so that you can directly go there. But it's a new book. We want to pour into the people that, um, you know, support this. And uh, we, we want to continue to let you know where you can go. So Dr. Phil 2 backslash ebook and uh, get your free copy of my brand new ebook. It's six ways to shape your new start. Six ways to shape your new start. I'm telling you, and it's it's incredible because so many people need a new start. I always believe that everyone needs a new start. So we appreciate you for supporting this. Also, our brand is also supported by We Need More Clouds by Lynette Wesley, a book about blended families. We need more clouds. We want you to go to we need more clouds.com. We need more clouds.com and get the book. And it's also on Amazon. This is an Amazon bestseller. An Amazon bestseller, everybody. So make sure you go and support. We need more clouds. We want to thank our sponsors for being here. So right after this, we're going to bring in our guests. And I can't wait to talk about how to build healthy relationships. We want you. All right. Good. Good. Welcome. Welcome. Simone Walden. All right. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Phil, for the opportunity. I, I, I'm grateful. I'm appreciative and I, I'm excited. Awesome. We're going to need you to turn up your mic just a little bit. Uh, we want we want to hear everything you have to say. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> okay. all right. Is this better? Everything is going well. Like I can't complain. Everything is going well. The Lord is kind. So that's my motto. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's that's awesome. Now, you know, uh, let's talk about where you're from and and what inspired you to get into education. So I am from North Carolina. Um, it's a small town called Conway. North Carolina has about 767 people, literally one stoplight. Um, and my mom instilled in me, you know, just, you know, to go to school, get a good education. And from what I saw in my environment, most of, you know, the people around there, 
is either you would stay there and work. And I didn't want to stay around there and work because it wasn't, you know, too much to do. And so in school, um, you know how sometimes they track you and put you in these classes. So I was kind of took like more high level classes. So most of my classmates were talking about college and scholarships. So I said, well, all right, well, let's do it. So um, I ended up getting a scholarship, go to federal state. And of course, you know, you're away from home and it's like, wow, it's a whole new world. So um, I actually wanted to go to law school. So I got an English degree. because I was like, I want to make a lot of money. And by the time 11th grade, 12th grade year, uh, my senior year came in college. I was like, I need money. <laughs> so uh, I was like really poor. I was living in the projects uh, in Fayetteville. They was offering students. They was trying to clean up the the different projects there because it was kind of bad. So they was allowing college students to get, you know, to put them in there. So I was living there and I was like, I don't like this at all. And so one of my friends was like, girl, they, they having a job fair. And I was like, okay. So I went and I had a resume. And Dr. Phil, they offered me a teaching position. I was like, I was more blown away that somebody wanted me to be their teacher. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. yeah, I just applied on the women. I, I, I had no intentions of being a teacher. And that first year, I had such I had such a great mentor. I had such a seasoned um, English language arts teacher, because that's what I taught around me, who was so encouraged. They were so good. I was like, man, I want to be like these women. So, that's what that's how i got into education that's amazing that's amazing yeah. so now you go to this job fair they offer you where did you start like what position did you start with what was your vibe starting <laughs> i was shocked like i was just shocked but i um i taught seventh grade reading and so that was the only thing. i worked in cumberland county in Fayetteville, north carolina so i was in the same county that i went to school with so um, that's been the only county that I've ever worked in where they broke it up. Where in seven, and that's because seventh grade at that time did the writing test, so it was fifth grade, seventh grade, and I believe like tenth grade. So I was the reading teacher. I only taught reading, and then Erica Jones, I never forget her. Like I always think about her. Like there's some people you work with that you like, man. I wish I could stay connected. She's one of those ones. She was the writing teacher. So I came in as a seventh grade reading teacher, and I had. At the time, I had no idea what that lady was, but now I came to know she was a paraprofessional. So she she would come into like two of my classes. She didn't really do too much, but she was just there for for support for me. Um, so that's what I that's how I started off. Wow, that is amazing. So now you're teaching reading. You know, um, this is a whole new environment for you. How was that first year for you? <laughs> It, it was really rewarding as far as the relationship piece. And that's why I'm so big on relationships because it was those people around me that I met and I talked to that really, really helped me. Yes. Um, and towards the middle, I never forget I was at a professional development for new teachers because they had a strong new teachers um, uh, system that they had in place. I had a mentor from the county. She was a retired teacher. And every month we would go to these professional developments all day. They would provide the substitute and you, know, you would go. And I remember um, one day, um, I got a call from my counselor and they was like, you got a call. And I'm like, what? So I'm on the phone with her and she was like, uh, we need you to come back to the school. She's like, there's been an incident. One of my students, they was Gable. Ooh, I feel like I'm gonna get teary. And um, she's like, there was an accident. So I'm leaving like, well, what the world's happening? So I get to school. I see all my teammates in the, I think it was maybe Erica's classroom. And she comes up, she's red in the face. She hugs me. He had got killed the night before. 
because they was playing, I guess, called chicken. Him and his little brother was trying to run across the street to beat a car, and he didn't make it. And so that was like, it was so devastating, but it was so, because we were such a, we worked really well together. And after yeah. it kind of like brought us together even the more, even with the kids, it was like, man. So that was probably the most devastating thing that could happen. But having that support system in the school, it was so helpful for all of us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is powerful. So this led you to believe that, you know, your success came from building healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, and educators, you know, relationships in education is very important. Tell us why first, before you get into how we can build it, tell us why relationships in education is important. So I'm not sure, Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil if you heard, and I like saying I'm, talk, I'm, on, the, I'm on the talk show with Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll make sure I'm throwing the two so we don't get confused. <laughs> field number two. So um, there's something, Carla, you may be familiar with it, but it's called social capital. And social capital is when you build those, you know, healthy relationships. And it's, it's studies been shown that when you have healthy relationships from just your family, just from infants, it helps build a healthier you. Um, then there came a thing about social emotional learning. You know, I've, I've always been on it before. That was a big you know, big term and one right. of the five core values of social emotional learning is that relationship piece. And I know for me personally, it's been the relationship that has helped me on the bad days, on the good days when I didn't know certain things coming in as a new teacher. I know what the heck I was doing, right? I was just like, right. these people paying me like, yo, like, let's do it. So having those relationships where they say, okay, Walden, you know, this is thing you can do or Walden, you're doing a really good job with that. Um, that really helped me. And then because I had such good relationships my first year and my second year, I moved away my second year, but because I had such good relationships, it started to spiral over into my personal relationships that was a little strained. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's it. You know, getting that understanding there. So tell us, how can we start? I mean, what, what is the beginning of, of building a healthy relationship? I would say the first thing, Dr. Phil, number two, is that you got to have a healthy relationship with yourself. And I think in the midst of social media and being inundated with so many different things every day that it's easy to compare and to be competitive. But when you have a healthy relationship with yourself, then that's going to help you. And a lot of times it comes through talking to other people, getting help, becoming accountable, you know, right. And, and accountable, not just for the good that you do, but also the accountability of the things that we don't do so good. Um, and so first, you got to start with a healthy relationship of yourself. And sometimes we can be the biggest critics of our own selves. I would say definitely give yourself grace and give yourself patience, especially for those of you who are new teachers, especially in the midst of what's going on now. I taught virtually uh, last year, so I haven't actually been in the classroom of around pandemic stuff. So I know it could be very overwhelming. So give yourself grace, but also make sure that you have a healthy relationship with yourself. And I always tell people, like right now, at least one thing every day, especially educators, you can that you can look back and say, "I'm proud of this." Even if it's only one thing, what's the one thing that you accomplished today? That way, you don't feel so overwhelmed when somebody else got fifty things done and you only got one thing done. And you're 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 that your teacher next door on your team is, you know, they don't have any classroom management issues and you feel like the kids turning upside down. Like I don't been there and did all of that. So healthy relationship with yourself is, I would say the first thing. Yes, 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 indeed. Listen, that's, that's that part of that social and emotional learning, right? 
Yep. Uh, that that is definitely you know self awareness and mm -hmm. self management. Yep. <laughs> right, all in one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I know they break it down, but those two go hand in hand: self awareness and self management, because that that's critical when you're able to have a healthy relationship with yourself and you know yourself you um and you know what you bring to the table you know what you know your limits are you know what your capacity is you know we're trying to build healthy relationship but have a healthy relationship with yourself one of the best things is like when you know how to go to your place of peace and you know how to really get into a space where you can be healthy and we know we all go through trials we go through tribulation right mm -hmm. we go through hard times yep. right but when you have a healthy relationship with yourself you're able to manage your way through you're able to get back say listen yeah, i gotta get back up again yep. i'm not gonna let this thing take me out yeah you know i'm not gonna let this thing destroy me I i'm gonna get back up because i know i've got a greater power so i've got to get back up and and keep it going so that's a great point right there yeah thank you thank you and you know one thing that you mentioned about having that you know that self-awareness of, of going into that peace one of the ways that i found peace in the midst of like chaos that went on in schools like after several years where i had worked at different schools and i've been in different districts because i moved around quite a bit like when i first started and what i found out is that having peace sometimes means i can't necessarily rant to my co-workers and my colleagues about what's going on in school because sometimes they'll go and they're going to tell their friend their friends so by the time you get back to school everybody knows so i started finding people that was in education that wasn't in my building a lot of them wasn't even in the same district that i was in because of course when you go to these professional developments you meet other people and being able to say this is what's going on in my school and get a non-biased opinion that kept my peace because sometimes we hold stuff in and then we just go off and then people wonder like what the heck is wrong with you but yeah. it's i don't have anybody to kind of go empty this out or dump this out too. And so that's one of the ways that really kept me um, having peace when, you know, there was things that I didn't understand, things I didn't like, times when I was offended, times when I felt like, you know, maybe they didn't really like my teaching or whatever the case was. Yeah. Having that peace to go talk to somebody else was, was very helpful. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. And there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Amen. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah. All right. How else can we, how else can we build a healthy relationship? One of the things I would say with, especially with educators, is that classroom management, it cannot be a fear tactic. You know, a lot of times people want to control students or even administration want to control, you know, their, their teachers or teachers want to control other teachers by fear. Fear does not allow people to feel safe and fear it does not present an opportunity where, you know, you're going to even do your best because you're so worried about whether they're going to embarrass you or call you out or if they're going to, you know, I'm saying, put you on blast or go tell somebody or go tell the next teacher, oh, my God, you know what they did. So you cannot use fear as a way to think someone is going to have a relationship with you and that's going to trust you. Now, they may do what you want them to do in the classroom at the time, that's but right. it's not being building a healthy relationship. And there's something um, that I read and I said, and I kind of share, it's called, a, it's called a safe, stable, nurturing relationships. And that's because we create them without a fear 
tactic. So being able to actually lovingly care and be warm about the students that you like without fear. And a lot of times teachers who are full of fear, whether they believe they're not good enough or they got to compete or their job is on the line or whatever the situation is, if they are full of fear, they project that off on the students. If the leader is full of fear, they project that off. So we have to avoid instilling fear into students or to the people that we're working with because nobody will, will do their best if they're on edge like that. Yeah, it seems like fear is that anti-relationship building tactic, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's and it's not necessarily about where you don't command respect or you command a presence. But if you're constantly threatening, constantly shouting and screaming, mm -hmm. it, it devoids that part of building relationship now you're building a, a relationship of fear versus respect, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're two different things and you don't necessarily have to have a fear tactic to build respect, but you definitely want that respect and you want that accountability, but you want to build that relationship in such a healthy way that they're not scared of you. You know, they're not, you know, they're not walking in just, you know, don't mess with that teacher. Now, you do have those teachers that you've grown up with, like, man, I ain't messing with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to get in here and keep on moving. And, you know, it might work for some people. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to lie. It might work for some people. Mm -hmm. But uh, to build, if you're going to really build a healthy relationship, especially with your students, and really start to understand what they're going through, what they're dealing with from day to day, then having that healthy relationship, that healthy dialogue goes a long way. It absolutely does. And it's, um, Dr. Field number two. I love saying that. <laughs> so one of the things that um, helped me and the reason why relationships are so I'm so passionate is because even I told you I had a really good relationship with my colleagues. When I started, I had so many insecurities about my own self. I was, I was shocked every day that I was somebody's teacher. When I told you I stayed in the projects one day when I was getting ready for work, I actually when I was I would always like leave a little early. One of my students that was in my class came out of her across the street. So now I'm in the projects with my students living. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. So then I was feeling all kinds of ways about that. And so um, there were times where I wasn't the nicest teacher. There were times where I wasn't very compassionate and loving and caring. Like I was a very horrible teacher. And so over the years and I learned like, Simone, this is not the way to to have classroom management because of course you go look at other people and you know sometimes they you mocking what you think is good but it wasn't good and so i started to learn that i had to look at a student as a person versus yeah. the title that they carry because when i came into the classroom i was miss walden the teacher all they knew was teacher 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 but they didn't realize that i'm a woman i'm a person i'm a human being outside of that and so yeah. i had to start taking an interest in the actual person and one of the greatest ways i was asked well how, how was your weekend or what did you do or you know i would come in we would always have conversations you know what did you eat last night and they would tell me and i would hear and i would listen and they would always tell me about who they stayed with or so i knew if it was grandma or mom or both and dad and so one of the greatest ways I also built relationship with parents that I didn't necessarily meet was through their children. So when they yeah. would tell me about, oh, uh, well, we went here this weekend. Oh, my mom bought me some shoes. And every day at the end of the day, I was like, all right, tell you, all right, guys, tell your parents I said hello. And so a lot of those parents start knowing me through their children because I wanted them to know, hey, I, I appreciate your parents too. Tell them I said hello. And that really like helped so much. And once they saw that I took an interest in who they were as people, 
I mean, I got all kinds of stories out the field. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Of course, you can never go wrong with that. You can mm-hmm. never go wrong with that, you know, because you're not just building a relationship with the students. You're building a relationship with the parents. Yep. You know, you're building that trust factor that, you know, you just can't, nobody can deny at the end of the day. Yep. Yep. And when you talk to them, when it's not just about calling because they did something, but yes. really taking an interest in the parent as a parent as a woman or a father as well it was like oh my god thank you so much just water for giving me a call you know i'm gonna definitely be on it so it was like a partnership that i created like you you already know that if i call you i'm not gonna be happy okay miss water okay okay but it came through That's taking right. an interest in them and learning the things that they like and even sharing with them you know the commonalities that i had with them because at first you know i used to think that you know could people say uh don't smile until december why i like to smile so i ain't want to go that long without smiling at them so i made them know i'm a real person too and shared those commonalities with still having them those boundaries and having that respect in place so getting to know them as a person and showing them that you a real person that that goes a long way that's right that's right being real keeping it real you know, and they can sense that, hey, you know, um, you know, this person understands me, this person gets me. And, yeah. you know, then they open up and you get more traction out of it. So yeah. let's talk about you for a little bit. Um, you have now transitioned from education to where now? To being a full time speaker and presenter and trainer for schools. Okay. All right. All right. Awesome. So you go in and and do you do any professional developments as well? Yep. So I do professional development. So my two uh, my two main topics that I talk about is social emotional learning, predominantly focused on relationship skills and trauma informed care. How to build relationships around any trauma that students have, students or educators have went through. So those are my two big things that I do. So I do. Um, colleges, K-12, universities. Um, I'm working with a nonprofit right now um, uh, with students who are in families of domestic violence, helping them work through uh, trauma-informed care. So those are the two, um, those are the major areas that, you know, I go and talk to schools about. You know, speaking about uh, abuse and trauma, I I was um, driving in front of a school the other day where I saw a father have his child in his hand, but him and his girlfriend or wife was beefing like going at it he put the child down so that he can raise his hand to hit his lady in the head wow right in front of the school wow. right in front of the school so you know i'm like i'm realizing wow these kids are dealing with this not only at home but some of the parents aren't afraid to bring it to the school Mm-mm. bring it to the school i want to make this point uh, you know, as we as I have that thing, avoid fair tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never OK. Never, ever OK for a man to hit a woman. I had to tell that to uh, my boys, the men group that I have every Monday. Yeah. Uh, I said, listen, never, ever, 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 yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> feel like it's OK yeah. to hit a woman. Yeah. Just never. So, you know, when you're talking about trauma and abuse and things like that, this is what. You know, a lot of students are dealing with, unfortunate. Yep, unfortunate. And and Dr. Phil, when I was saying, like, you know, sometimes they'll give you more than what you expect. So being an educator, you know, you're a mandatory reporter. And so 
I mean, they would start pouring things and sharing things. And I've had to report, you know, several times on different different incidents that they they share with you, and you start to learn some of the traumas, some of the things that they got going on. And when you learn that from them, some things that maybe will bother another teacher that doesn't know. You know how to give grace. You know to extend. You know that okay, this person needs me to talk to them in a very calm way, even when they start getting all riled up because they're used to that, or it becomes a trigger for them where you start yelling at me, I'm gonna shut down, or I'm gonna just go off. And so once you learn those things, you learn how to interact with all of them differently. And it's you know it was very difficult at first. Now it's one teacher and 25 students per class, or maybe more, and they all call you and they all need you. But once you start learning, it's almost like having a child maybe I don't I'm not a natural parent <laughs> but my, my mom tells me that you know she has to parent us all different even though we're grown so you kind of learn that when you start learning what these children are dealing with or what your co-workers are dealing with you learn to be a little more lenient and you learn to kind of you know deal with them in a way that's going to be beneficial for not only them but of course for you as well absolutely absolutely so we have listen build it a healthy relationship with yourself. Have that healthy relationship with yourself. Avoid fair tactics. When what's the third point we can establish here? So the third point I would say is get to know the student or the educator as a person. Of course, we know we have to have the you know the professional boundaries, and it's not to say we go to school we looking for friends or looking for friends and educators adult, but it's trying to find commonalities with people that'll make you understand and connect with them on a different level outside of academics. I found that some students may not be the the most successful, if I could use that word, on paper but they're very smart. And so you won't know that unless you are finding commonality with them. And some, some don't do well when it comes to paper and pencil or test, but they are very, you know, they're very sound in their thinking, but I had to get to know them as a person, know them as an educator to know, okay, this is how I can reach them. And then you get more from them than just assuming that, you know, everybody is one way and you teach them one way and you don't differentiate, you don't chunk, you know, you just going at it, but getting to know them as a student and as a person, that goes a long way. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's right. Get to know them as a person. Okay. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're people, we have flaws, we have failure, uh, but we have learned how to get back up again. What have you learned? What have you learned from failure? That is not permanent. Failure is not permanent. That, you know, you learn in as you fail you know you learn something in the midst of that and then you can pick yourself back up and take those things and say you know what this was yesterday or this was last month or this was even last year like i know i had, i felt like i had a lot of years of teaching that were not good but i learned that it wasn't permanent so failure is not permanent so don't stay stuck in the past but take all of those lessons that you learn the heartaches the critique the criticism the accomplishments and the achievements and use it to make better decisions use it to make better choices to go forward so you can be prosperous in the things that you're currently doing and the things that you want to do that's right that's right failure is not final okay so you know that's what we learn we learn that you're going to have some hard days uh, we, we learned you're going to have some, some crazy days, but at the end of the day, it's not forever. Every episode of Scandal has a premiere, and it also has, a, has a, 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 what, what do you call it, a finale, 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> Every season of Scandal has a premiere and it has a finale. So failure is not permanent. It is not forever. Uh, but building a healthy relationship. Guess what? If you have a healthy relationship with the right people, those people will help you get through the hardest time because you've already built a relationship. Absolutely. <laughs> people will understand you because, hey, you know what? We have this healthy relationship. So thank you so much, Simone Walden. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We just want to let everybody know we do have some sponsors. This sponsor is uh, a Dr. Stephen Bond. Dr. Stephen Bond has a book called uh, Perseverance in a Strange Land. You can check it out on Amazon, written by Dr. Stephen Bond and also his students. He was also a guest here on the Shaping a New Start Education podcast. So check out his book today. He's the sponsor. And if you want to be a sponsor, please write me. Uh, hit me up on drphil2.com. Drphil2.com. As you see the website right above me uh, and say, hey, I'd love to be a sponsor. I would love for you to go and download the free book, ebook, Six Ways to Shape Your New Start, a guide for educators and students. We want to thank you. And you can also follow Simone Walden. Uh, this is her handle, all right, at S-I-M-E-N-E -E Walden, W-A-L-D-E-N, all right? This is for those who are listening in uh, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. Uh, we want you to go follow her and look at all the great advice she has about building healthy relationships as you can see from her smile she is always in a healthy situation <laughs> all right? as you can see she is she is happy and and ready to bring that positive energy absolutely thank you so much Dr. you know really honestly this is the this is the joy of the Lord. January was very tough for me. I had two major losses in my life. And so this is really the joy of the Lord. I don't even know. I think it was the prompting of God to really say reach out to you yesterday. Because I really, I had been doing too much. Um, but this, what you see is really the joy of the Lord. Wow. That's right. That's right. Listen, it will take you through the hardest times. It will take you through some tough times. So uh, thank you, everybody. Please like, subscribe, and share this video. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Shaping Your New Start. Follow me on Instagram at DrPhil underscore two or Twitter, DrPhil2 underscore. And you can follow more great content. Uh, book me at drphil2.com for speaking engagements. And once again, you can follow Simone Walden. Just put in Simone Walden into your Instagram, Twitter, uh, and you will find her and follow her right there. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on the Shaping Your New Start Education podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Phil. God bless you and more, more blessings to you as you continue to do what you're doing in education and beyond for us as educators and speakers. Thank you so much. And as every week, everybody, go out there and shape your new start.